trying to make it right These people won't let me go I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Let me grow, let me go Let me grow, let me go They should know, they should know They should know, they should know I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio and intro into how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, Mickey James. Mickey James uses she or her pronouns, is a health and wellness coach, public speaker, and the executive director of Black Fitness. As a health and wellness coach, Mickey empowers Black women to take control of their well-being through fitness, nutrition, and meditation coaching. She has helped encourage over 200 people to be their best self and live their best life, a happy and healthy one. Mickey is also a lifestyle coach who delivers high-energy and engaging presentations that inspire audiences to reflect on who they are and paying attention to what happiness and healthiness really look like. Audiences love her dynamic messages that they can apply both personally and professionally. Mickey supports Black fitness in a creative and safe space for Black women to thrive in fitness in Austin, Texas. She aspires for women in the LGBTQ community to be comfortable in fitness spaces without worrying about body shaming or being compared to anyone else. In addition to transforming lives through coaching and speaking, Mickey aspires to own a full-service all-women gym in Austin, Texas. Hello! Hey, Brie. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Excited to be here. Uh, so today we will be talking, actually, let's back up. So we have never met in person. You were just telling me that you moved to Austin in 2020, as we know, a very chill year, um, nothing major happening at all. And you've now been here for two years. And now we have to meet now that the world's opening back up. I'm ready. So if you're ready, I'm ready. <laughs> No, definitely. That'll be awesome. And you were saying that you've been listening to the podcast, which when I started this show, I literally didn't think anyone would listen. I just wanted to have a show to center stories and get more stories out there that I feel like a lot of people don't hear. And so I'm like super excited to have you on now. Thank you so much. No, I think it was actually one of the suggested or something. Maybe it was from being in the area. I can't even remember how I came across it, but I was really excited that I did. I remember... Um, just thinking, like listening to you talk. And it was the one about, let me think, adoption, the topic of black children um, in the state system. And so I hear you talking about it and I'm like, she's intellectual, she's funny, engaging, she's real. And so that was a moment I just, I needed to meet her. Um, I loved your energy. I remember thinking like throughout your podcast, your energy was just really good. And that uh, meeting would definitely be a more impactful experience. So here I am like two years later talking to you. It's crazy. I'm, With that being said, I'm honored to be a guest. I'm honored to have you. I think it was the episode with my friend Caroline um, talking about uh, interracial adoption. Wait, there we go. Exactly. Transracial. There you go. Yeah. Actually, she ought to have another baby. Anyway, not the point of today. But 
I'm really excited to chat with you too. And I feel like, first of all, shout out to like podcast search optimization, because I don't know how any of that works, but <laughs> I'm happy that it connected you with me and we will meet and hang out and it's going to be so great. So today we are talking about health and wellness in the black and LGBTQ plus community. Um, you were saying including exercise, nutrition, meditation, mental health, um, especially through the stigma that is plagued sort of with black women. And I just want to know, like, what made you pick this topic? You're trying to own your own gym too, which I feel like is so exciting. And let me know how I can help because I would totally be there. Um, but yeah, I just want to know, like, what made you pick this topic and what made you start this endeavor for yourself? Okay, so there's a lot to it. So okay. I'll start with the health and wellness just within the Black community. So plain and simple, the happiness and health of the Black community has never been a priority. There's a plethora of factors that have influenced our relationship with health and wellness, including the generational trauma from events throughout history, um, culture now, and even society and more. So I want to touch on those different topics. It's also gotten to the point, like as you said, where there's many stigmas involving the black men and community, uh, black men and women in the community, and just our relationship with health. And so I think we should um, definitely have a conversation on what those stereotypes are and the reality to them. Um, one topic of interest that I've come across many times is air quotes: black women don't exercise. We'll get into that in a minute. In a minute. Please. Uh, <laughs> But um, so we'll talk about that. Another thing is um, regarding, uh, well, first of all, with the LGBTQ community, there's a lot of points we could probably touch on, but the one that I wanted to focus on was actually um, that there are a lot of challenges involving the queer uh, community getting more involved in fitness and nutrition. And so I wanna focus on how, as it is, it can be really difficult to be in your own skin. Then on top of that, add in gender or sexual identity that society doesn't understand, right? Then finally combine that with society's standards for what a man or woman should look like. Well, when that happens, I don't really, or like, I don't really fit into the category of that binary system, right? then it becomes difficult to know where to turn to for guidance. And so um, if you're trying to be healthy and want to take care of yourself, where do you go? Um, maybe you're not comfortable with going with a typical muscle head gym bro, right? Or maybe at the same time, that little tiny fitness instructor lady isn't also like the best source for you. So what do you do in that case? That's the issue. So I want to touch on that a little bit. And lastly, I just want to kind of go over my experience just being an entrepreneur, um, being a young Black woman, a Black queer woman. I want the listeners out there that have been thinking about entrepreneurship to understand the challenges and benefits to being your own boss. And to the listeners, like maybe if you've been showing up day in and day out to a job you don't love. Um, maybe you have a side hustle and you're passionate about it, but you're scared to turn it into more. I want to be able to tell them, do it. There's lesser men and women that have done it and succeeded simply because they tried. At this point, the only thing holding you back is you. So I won't make it seem easy, easy because it's not, but we'll talk about that in a second. All those things I want to circle back to. So where do you want to start? Because I feel like we can talk for days. So I want to like 
let you lead this conversation today because I feel like I can just <laughs> pin in for sure. Okay. I think we can definitely start with um, just health and wellness in the Black community. Like mm. That'll be a bulk of our conversation. Yeah. But so I would say, well, as of 2020 in the U.S., about 40% of Black adults struggle with obesity. And I'm the type of person where I'm like, I know numbers and data can be manipulated <laughs> to say different things. So I'm like, okay, I understand that. But the reality is that much of the Black community is dealing with being overweight and all of the physical, mental, emotional health problems that come with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was just telling you that before we hopped on, I had actually just got done working out. And, you know, like you were saying before about like that stereotype, that like Black women don't work out. It's definitely been funny because the gym at my apartment, like, I always see like so many black girls in my gym working out. So I was like, where did this like stereotype come from? But then I also think about like, as a black woman, we, in my experience, like I grow muscle really quickly, specifically my legs. And it's always so interesting to like, just see other black women working out. And I don't know, like like you were saying before, like feeling self-conscious in a gym. Like I have had a trainer who I loved when I was younger, shout out to Lisa, Um, But she was this tiny little white lady. And I was like, I feel like you know nothing about the composition of my body. Like, yes, we can sit here and do Jacob's Ladder, which I love, which I don't know what that says about me. But just thinking about that of like how, again, I feel like we're just so not ever thought about or centered in conversations. But then like you're saying, especially like in the health space of like, I feel like one of the questions, the first questions black people, when they they get, when they go to the doctor is like, you know, they weigh us, they tell us we need to lose weight. They tell us we need to do X, Y, and Z more. And like, I've told my doctor, I'm like, I work out often. I don't eat whatever you would consider like quote, bad food. Um, I work out often. I drink a lot of water. Like I do all these things. And it's just like, I, I just feel like there's always this preconceived notion. And I mean, obviously we know how like the BMI was steeped in racism and like all these other things that are just plaguing to our community. But then also if we look at how a lot of black people live in places that are like not ideal, and this can be everything from Flint not having clean water for X amount of years to, you know, apartment complexes being built near like plants and therefore kids developing asthma, um, living in food deserts. Like a lot of people don't have grocery stores or fresh produce like available to them. So there's all these like societal things that plague the black community, which I think we really saw during 2020 of like how health in general just isn't ever considered for us, especially if we see how like COVID really like swept its way through the black community. And that's because, you know, we don't trust doctors because of, you know, how black people were treated in this country, everything from slavery to Tuskegee to, you know, just all these different tests that were run on us without our permission um, to now of just, you know, seeing how people during COVID, a lot of black and brown people work in jobs where they have like frontline workers, everything from part-time work as bus drivers or grocery store workers to, you know, being teachers and just having to be in these spaces. But once again, like it is black people's fault when they get sick and not the system. 
Yeah, there's definitely um, a huge disconnect. I want to definitely touch on what you said about the generational trauma that has Black men, many Black men and women, not going to doctors because they don't trust them, like you said. Um, and there are many studies that have proven that there is a disconnect between Black patients and non-Black doctors. And so mm. that's one of the things that I definitely advocate for is I think if you're a part of the Black community, it's very important that you be seen by Black doctors, Black dentists, Black therapists, and anything else that involves your well-being. Yeah, I know for me, like I got a Black dentist this year. Shout out to Dr. Deanna Smalls, who was another episode on the show. Um, but, you know, I hadn't been in the dentist in a while. And when I found out that she was an option to be my dentist, I like ran to the dentist's office. I was like, okay, well, but just like that, representation and you know she and I talked about it on our episode of like I am now 32 and when I met her I was in January so I was still 31 but in the in my 31 years I had never seen a black dentist let alone a black female dentist and I grew up in a very diverse place right and just even that still like having to go above and beyond to find a doctor who looks like me like I don't think I've ever had a black gyno I've never had a black PCP um, my therapist is an Asian lady right now. Shout out to Katie. We do love her. Um, but it was very important for me, like as I get older to find doctors of color, at least who can, who can take my identity into consideration when talking to me about my health and well-being. No, that's really important. And there's just like a lot of things in terms of communication where there can just be barriers where it might be just you communicating how you're experiencing and they're not being that ability to identify like you said and then that's what's creating that disconnect right mm -hmm. because they're not understanding your needs the way that they need to be assessed yeah I just I just feel like I'm sure you agree like there's just like so many hoops to jump through when trying to find a doctor specifically like if you're an entrepreneur and like you have to navigate the healthcare system now because a lot of like full-time work comes with health coverage and if you're not full-time at a company you have to like pay for out of pocket which don't even get me started on healthcare and how we should just completely redo healthcare and it should be really close to what Canada offers but that's not my conversation today um but just thinking about like universal healthcare and like how that would change the world honestly like not just the United States but there's such a trickle down effect like if we sort of stopped monetizing healthcare and actually had it universally for all people to have access to. But anyway, that's a whole. <laughs> that's a whole no, no, I definitely agree with that. I feel like that's one thing how you say, um, I feel like an issue is that some people also see doctors as all knowing, right? They are like, mm -hmm. they know all be all. And people forget that doctors themselves are also a business. And so right. with that, like they do have to profit and they do have to benefit from that. And so there are other things besides just like, oh, only your health and the factors that come with it that are affecting your care. Right. So that's really important for, I think, um, most people to also just know in general when it comes to finding a doctor that cares about you and can prioritize your well-being. Right. Right. And then also like you brought up the stuff about like being black and queer and like body image stuff. And yes. okay. I've been feeling that very deeply. So I would love to definitely dive into that as well. Cause I feel like that's a whole conversation that a lot of people don't talk about is like, and I I've talked about it here on the show before. Like I am in recovery from an eating disorder. I've had an eating disorder since I was 12. 
And for me, it was very interesting how it developed, like looking back at it now as a grown up of definitely it's like societal pressure. Like I grew up around a lot of around a lot of black women of all different like shapes and sizes. But I never heard one woman in my family, in my extended family, talk badly about her body. Like it was never that sort of like you know, people who comment on your body when you're younger. Like I like, I know a lot of friends have experienced, but like that never happened in my family. And so just thinking about, you know, me having that. And then also like growing up in a super diverse place, but still like as a 12 year old, just feeling like, and this was like in the early two thousands when I grew up. Right. And so everything was like super thin and white and blonde. And I'm like, well, I can't be white and I can't be blonde, but I can be thin and how that's still even now, like feeds into a lot of my life and really taking a step back often and being like, my body is good. My body has gotten me this far. Um, and have in really practicing like body neutrality and body positivity on the days when body <laughs> neutrality and vice versa aren't enough. Um, but just thinking about that too, like in the being both black and queer and how queerness is still even super centered around whiteness and, you know, being queer, looking a specific type of way and you know, how gay white men are super centered in the LGBTQA plus community. Um, and I feel like I'm rambling, but definitely like all those things that really play into identity and the centering of like black and queer voices. Oh, no, definitely. I can agree with that. Um, I've had several clients that tell me about their experience dealing with, say, like other trainers or other health coaches where um, they kind of just expect like, oh, they go into training and they kind of have that normal experience where you sign up with the trainer, you become friends and you move on from there. Mm-hmm. But their experience felt kind of uncomfortable, right? Because like them being queer women or queer um, men, their experience was um, that toxic masculinity, I guess, present mm-hmm. in the um, gym. Mm-hmm. And so um, hearing that as some people's experience just kind of like makes me think like that's where we need a safe space for just LGBTQ community, the black community, just people to go that they can just work out and feel like they don't have to worry about like people judging them how they look or like their identities or anything else like people are there to exercise get their workout in and go like Mm -hmm. they're not here to worry about anything else yeah for sure like I have a friend of mine um and she goes to a body to a body positivity gym where they don't even like have mirrors in the gym And I always thought that was super interesting too, of like, you are there to work on your workout and like not look around, focus on yourself and move on. And I really love that. Like, like I said, I've been using my gym at my apartment complex. And so it's, I typically go when no one is there because I like also wake up at the crack of dawn sometimes. Um, But I think that's definitely a thing that plays into it too. Like, I just want to go work out, like not have anyone looking at me. But when I was younger, for sure, like I would go to the gym if there was too many people, I would leave and come back later just because I didn't want to have to deal with that or like I'd find a space over in the corner where no one else was. Um, but definitely feeling that sort of like deep down, I know that no one's looking at me, but it's like that anxiety of like people are around and you know, what does like quote a gym body even look like, which I feel like is a whole nother thing we can unpack. Like you're saying that toxic masculinity, but then also like having been on Instagram and like following a couple um, accounts of women of color who I love who go to the gym and them talking about like, they'll have like men come over to like mansplain working out to them. And like, I know what I'm doing. Like, I don't need, I don't need you telling me how to work out. I've got this. I've been doing this. I, I, I can figure it out. But that for sure 
has often like plagued on me of like, I just want to go work out, leave. No one look at me. <laughs> I'm like, let's, let's keep, let's keep the day going. I think that definitely is something that a lot of us experience is just like that distraction and um, that constant, like feeling that we're not like doing good enough or that like someone's judging us. And um, I think that's where it's like really important to like, try to really, one thing that I like to tell my clients a lot, is just like, it's you versus you. Mm. And um that I have them do this exercise where they kind of like close their eyes and then visualize their best self, who they like want to be, what they look like, how they talk, like the confidence that they have and carry themselves with. Right. And, um, I have them kind of explain that to me in the beginning before we like talk about anything else in terms of like their goals or what they want to do is because, um, I want them to think of them in their best light, not the person that like society thinks that they should look like, or not the person that someone else told them that they should be, but who they are when they visualize them, their best selves. And so from that point on, um, I try to tell them like, it's not me coaching you. It's that version of yourself that you're becoming that's coaching you. That's that you're working towards. Right. And so, um, once you kind of take the light off of everyone else and like stop focusing on them and start shifting it more to you, that's when I think a lot of the changes happen. And so, um, that kind of actually goes back to black fitness and like what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, we like to focus on specifically women, but especially black women, because one thing about, um, women and us in general is just we're really good at taking care of other people we're good at being <sighs> mothers oh, and I feel this so wives deeply. and friends and more right we're mm -hmm. good at making sure everyone feels loved and they're cared for and they have everything that they need but how often do we pour that same love and affection into ourselves not often <sighs> And so um, that's where I think it's really important to create a space. When I say creating a space for Black women, this is a space that I mean, like a space that um, you can kind of be encouraged. The craziest thing is, let me like tell you the story. Um, I once came across like another trainer. Um, they said, okay, well, at Black Fitness, what type of clients do you work with? What's your demographic? And I said, we primarily train Black women. Instantly, he shook his head and said, Black women are by far the worst group to focus on. They don't like to work out and they're hard to work with. And so I wasn't surprised that he would feel that way, but with plenty of happy customers on our end, what was the difference? And that's just being able to actually like tailor to your clientele, right? Like him as one of those gym bros, probably in all his years can never actually identify and like understand like, just women and like what we go through and um how much effort and care like our day-to-day -day takes without even focusing on working out right when you start your day worrying about like making sure your kids like are having what they need and then you go through this full day um at work right stress dealing with that and then you come home again working um and like worried about like your kids and like everything at the house it's like where's the time for yourself mm -hmm. and so that's where the challenge lays first of all what a grand sweeping state like statement to make about like black women are the most difficult to work out with it's like I it, it circles back to that mothering thing you mentioned like I talk to a lot of my friends about this often of like how I constantly feel like black women are expected to mother everyone like from activism to you know my experience in like social work and nonprofit work um it's just always been 
Black women helping a lot of causes to move along because we know what it's like to be at an intersection of marginalization. And so I think like Black women never leave anyone behind. And I think that feeds into like the mothering notion of us. And then also like, I know for me, like I was saying before, like I grew up with such a big family, like not only like my actual like blood family, but like people in my church and my neighbors and like my parents' friends, like it was always super like communal and it takes a village. And I think that plays into Black women's experiences as, as well. But like that whole notion of like, we never get to put the oxygen mask on ourselves first. And I think, you know, for me, like I was telling you before, like I gave up coffee and I've been working out in the morning instead. And like that has been for my mental health. Like I was just so burnt out from running my own business and like trying to show up for friends and also like trying to show up for family. And so like this month, this past month specifically, like I've been focusing on putting myself first and not, and not being selfish, like got a therapist, starting working out, I'm going on a couple of trips. Like, and so for that person to make that statement of like the expectation of like the, the, like the generalization of black women is just so painful. And like you said, like the quote, like black women don't work out. When do you expect us to have the time? Like the fact that I have to get up at such an early hour to work out or, or I won't have the time. And I know that should tell a lot of people what we're dealing with, right? Like we have to schedule time for ourselves because we're not allowed the time any other time. Yeah, I know there's definitely a lot of issues in terms of the whole image that goes with that. There was actually even another trainer that I came across that was explaining how he didn't sell at all or advertise to black women because Quotations again, everyone knows that Black women um, don't like exercise and started going into a lot of things involving, they don't want to sweat their hair out. They don't want to sweat. They don't want to, and kind of went into like a whole thing about that. And I think that's another like issue is just that um, kind of goes into like how we say, we pour um, only so much into ourselves and mm. there is um, kind of a stigma around how black women like tend to do things like that like self-care in terms of um their makeup and their hair but they don't focus on their well-being right short term and i think that's also us as a society is like we tend to focus on the short term the like instant gratification versus like the long-term side effects right and so that kind of goes with um not focusing on the present and like the reality of it until we're in pain, until we're suffering. And then it becomes like, oh, what can I do to fix the problem instead of being pro uh, proactive, right? They're mm -hmm. becoming reactive. I mean, I, I think uh, like you're saying, it just goes back to like, like black, black women don't want to sweat their, their hair out is another thing like I have to navigate. Like I, if I sweat my hair out, that means I have to do like a, that's more time. Like I, I just have so many feelings because it's like, it's another thing to have to navigate, right? Like I can't, now that I work for myself, I'm lucky, but like in the past, if I worked for someone and I already have natural hair and it was just always like that stigma around hair period of like, I can't go to work with like quote messed up hair because I'm then deemed me unprofessional. Like all these different things that we have to navigate because of like racism and microaggressions and everything else. I'm just like, most days I'm just like leave me alone I'm here what else do you want from me why can't I just like show up like everybody else and it's like things like this of like we have to go above and beyond to like I want I don't want to say prove ourselves that's the only thing that, that's like coming to mind for sure is like we have to just navigate so much constantly 
Yeah, there, there are a lot of extra obstacles involved. And so like, that's the part where it's like kind of just figuring out like how to create that space and like how to maintain all the things you're already doing and then adding on extra layers of it, right? Like taking care of yourself in terms of like, oh, um, finding time to exercise. Then on top of that, trying to figure out how to navigate the nutritional part. Um, I feel like there's different aspects to type of nutrition and like what goes into that. One of them um, kind of goes back to like that socioeconomic factor that you mentioned evolving, um, like where people live and like their day-to-day lives. And so um, with that, like having to work and like trying to figure out how to budget your money, like should you spend more money on like what's considered healthier foods, right? Or like, should you Mm -hmm. be able to, or in your mind, it's like, oh, like the alternative is like being able to have more food at a cheaper price, right? Mm -hmm. And so like being able to like try to figure out like, oh, how is the best course like take, right? What's the best course to take? Yeah. Yeah, so I wanna know like, how did you get started with, wanting to own your own gym. I mean, I think I cannot wait for this to happen. I think having this environment will be super impactful, like we've talked about already. But I know like as a person who owns her owns her own business, which I know can be exhausting, um, but my business is just like consulting, right? Like I get to work from home. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't, you know, my, my office is in my apartment. Um, So, yeah, I just want to know, like, what that has looked like, especially, like, as a young Black queer woman in this city trying to create a space for not only for Black, not only for Black women, but knowing that, like, by you creating the space for Black women, you're creating a space for, like, all people to come and feel comfortable. I think one of the things that's undeniable is that when you get a bunch of women together, like the energy is powerful. Mm -hmm. And so um, working with women um, across the last few years, I've had the chance to kind of like see um, just how like powerful that energy can be and like how far um, it can impact. Um, I think beyond uh, creating that space that's just very powerful and like full of energy. Um, one important thing is like kind of something you touched is that like it's hard for women to just go into the gym and not be bothered by the creeps that are there. Mm-hmm. To be honest, um, I feel like every woman I've met has had some experience, one way or another, where they go to the gym and either somebody's staring at them, somebody like like you said comes up to them and just interrupts them and like starts trying to. Um, have a conversation that they don't want to be having, um, stuff like that. Even recording them, that's another issue that like you see sometimes just like people can be weird. And I think by creating a safe space for women um, where it's just, like they know that they can just go be unbothered, go get their workout in and have everything that they need at their own time. Um, that's another thing we talked about not having the time and so having a gym that they have um, full access to, have all the resources that they need. Even childcare is a big thing that um, I don't think enough gyms have, especially after COVID, um, a lot of gyms stopped providing childcare. Hmm. And so with um, many like single moms or just moms that like don't have the luxury to um, just go into a gym or like have daycare or have whatever it is, um, having the ability to take your child and have um, childcare there at the gym is very convenient. So having extra things like this that um, typically aren't thought of, I think will be really good and impactful um, for women to just be more encouraged to focus on themselves and their wellness, their well-being, all of it. I love that, like thinking about what women need versus like what's going to keep them from coming 
like just that change of mind, like the mind frame, like differential, like we know that women want to work out, but like, how can we make it easier for them to work out? And like knowing friends right now who have one to three children who are like, I can't work out because I have no one to watch my kid because my partner's at work or out of town or what have you. So like, like you're saying, just being able to kind of feed the need before it's like a, it's not a wall for them, right? Like they can still get past that wall and get that workout in. And also like you're saying, we would, we've been talking about like making it important to be able to create the time for these people to work out. Like everything from meditation to having someone to talk to nutrition about, to actually working out, like there's just so many different types of taking care of yourself. So to be able to have a place where you can get sort of like all that stuff covered in a way that is comfortable and someone who gets it already and not having to explain it. Oh, this just makes me super excited. I just need you to know. So <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. The biggest thing is like, they try to always make it where things are categorized, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's this or there's that and like, that's it. But really like most things are a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. And so like healthy looks like different things for different people, like healthy eating, like exercise looks like different things. Some people might not want to go to the gym, but maybe they'll want to go on a hike, right? Maybe they mm-hmm. want to go like kayaking or paddle boarding and stuff like that. Um, maybe they don't want to sit there and like, I don't know, struggle in a plank for 60 seconds, but like they'll go out and I don't know, roller skate stuff like that where it's like still being active and you're still being able to have a great time and get in that um, exercise that you like mean same thing for eating um maybe like you don't do like green smoothies right um in the morning but still having nutritious food to put into your body is like the biggest thing yeah Um, i like that like healthy looks different for everyone like and i think that's what's been like the biggest thing for me in doing a lot of like self-work this past year of like healthy just looks different for everyone like thin doesn't equate to healthy and like bigger bodies don't equivalent to like unhealthy. Like you can be whatever weight and have high blood pressure, no matter what your body composition is. Right. And I think that's been a big conversation for sure in the health space of, we have to stop saying that the only way to be healthy is to be thin. That's not true. Especially like with people who struggle with eating disorders, like you could be as thin as all get out and still like be unhealthy because you're not nourishing your body. So I like that that conversation of like healthy is a spectrum and we don't get to like just put it into one specific category and tell everyone else that they're wrong. Exactly. I think one thing too, is like getting a better idea that like health, nutrition and wellness is like a dynamic thing. It's not just one part of your life. And one thing that I work on with my clients to really just emphasize the wellness part is like understanding the other aspects of their day. Um, It's like easy to be like, okay, like, the mentality is you wake up one day and you're, "Mm, I I don't want to work out. I'm not working out anymore. And the same thing for nutrition is like, "Mm, I used to eat like eat healthy, but I'm not doing that anymore. And like everything changes just like that. But realistically, like these are gradual changes that happen over time and they're influenced by other aspects of life. Like we were talking about, Um, it can be like, oh, um, work is stressing me out. And so like now I'm staying later at work and I'm not going to the gym or not going to go do any types of exercise or like maybe your relationships are being impacted. Right. And that's like another um, huge factor in terms of like how, um, you kind of go about like your health and wellness. Um, Maybe like you just have like another one we were talking about like children and stuff like that, but that there's just like a whole 
spectrum again of things that can um, influence like your health and your wellness. And so I think that's another thing that we have to consider is just like being mindful of like the different categories of our life and not just kind of like punishing ourselves for like, oh, like I haven't been like going to the gym as much as I want to. And then like kind of being on top of ourselves for that or like, oh, um, I haven't been like eating as well and stuff like that and just being really frustrated about it it's like okay like I have other things going on like how can I shift what I'm doing to like better set myself up for success and I think that's the biggest thing is like the variables are going to change but how can you adapt to improve your conditions and set yourself up for success so you can be happy and healthy I think that's like such a major point too because it's like I know for me like the minute things get busy I put myself on the back burner And so for sure, like if I feel like work is more important or like I'm not showing up for friends, I'm like, okay, well then what's the thing that can go? I'm like, oh, the way I take care of myself, right? Like I will not work out or I won't spend time alone or like like right now I've just been, the way I've been relaxing lately is just like binge watching shows because I don't watch TV often. And knowing that like for me, my rest is something that I'm trying to like center this year and 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 really actually rest not just be like okay I'm just gonna like do set instead of 17 things at once we're gonna do 12 things at once and it's like no like turn off your phone put your phone away just like literally for me last night like I just put my phone on do not disturb and like just watch tv and I was like I'm not gonna touch my phone like the next two hours um and just like and being able to go to bed super early which I am a stickler for like I love the days I can get eight to 10 hours of sleep. Um, and I was like, what? I'm like, that is like the most important thing for me. Like, that's the way I rest the best is like, if I can take a nap through the day or like just sleep an absorbent amount of hours. Um, but it's definitely that of like the minute things get too hectic, I'm like, okay, well I have to come last because I have to do all these things versus like taking a work project off the table or saying no to the hanging out and rescheduling another day. And I think so many, I know for me, like, it's always like, I just want to constantly show up. But then this year being like, I can't show up for everyone else and not show up for myself. And I think creating the space, like you're saying, is going to give people the opportunity to show up for themselves. Exactly. Showing up for themselves and to continue showing up for themselves. That's the thing. It's like not only like getting your life together to where like you do it for a little bit, but to maintain and create an actual lifestyle is the Mm -hmm. goal. Yeah, for sure. Maybe we could talk a little bit more about um, just being um, an entrepreneur. Like we kind of like went in a little bit um, okay. to that. Maybe like some of the things for you and your experience. Um, I would say like, how did you change your habits? One thing oh, um, wow. I feel like I've been big on lately is just like habits and boundaries. And so like, um, how did you have to change your habits and boundaries once you became an entrepreneur? Oh my gosh. That's such a good question. Um for me, structure has always been really important. And so for me, when I first started, I remember taking so many contracts, like, and because like, I do so many different things, everything from like diversity, equity, inclusion, and leadership trainings to nonprofit fundraising and marketing to like public speaking, like, because I have three different buckets, there were so many, like, there was so many different projects. And so like, it was that hustle mentality for sure. Of, like I have to make rent. So I have to like do all these different things, but now that I've like sort of been, you know, I have some bigger contracts that are, you know, throughout the year. And so I'm able to say no to like things I don't want to do or things that don't really serve me. That, that was an interesting boundary to set of like, 
there's a saying of like, when you become an entrepreneur, you give up a nine to five to work a nine to nine. And I was definitely doing that of like literally working all the time when I first started out. And I, and I get that like hustle mentality when you first start, but like not doing that once you get sort of settled into it. But yeah, it was a lot of like, I can't hang out. I have to like work and sleep and like take a shower. And that was all it was for a little while. Um, But now for sure, like being able to like structure my days, like I work Monday through Thursday. I will do some Fridays if it's like a big thing I need to get done. But, you know, Monday through Thursday, like I said, I'll get up and work out in the morning. I like to be at my desk by like 9, 30, 10 o'clock, work for a couple hours. take a break, maybe have lunch. I feel like we all stare at our computers way too long. So like taking a break um, and then coming back and doing some other things, but then also like picking what days I work on what projects, like one project I'm working right now on is like, like all of my nonprofit work fundraising I'll do on one day and like all my DEI trainings and stuff I'll do like on Tuesdays. And so like scheduling my days like that's like, A, my days always look differently, but then B also like I give myself more space to get things done. And I think that's been super helpful like as a person who works for themselves and can work till all hours if I let myself knowing that like I still deserve to like have a life like I don't work to live I mean so I don't live to work I work to live like my job will be able to afford me to do other things and you know being able to have more flexibility and like travel and like take a week off whenever I want like that's been really nice because I like while I do miss the stability of a paycheck every week, I don't think I could give up the freedom. I feel like I'm going on a trip next week for a week. And like, I don't have anything to do. Like I have a bunch of projects that I finished this week. So I can actually like take a week off, but like still answer email if I want to, but like, like I technically don't have to bring my laptop on this trip. Whereas other places, like when I did work for other people, I always had to take my laptop with me. I always had to be available. And like, now I don't have to do that. And that's such a freeing feeling of like setting boundaries around work have been super interesting but also saying like I don't know how to say this like I worked my ass off and so like I deserve to be able to create my own schedule but like that's the best way I can put it like once you start working for yourself I think you just really start to see the value of your work and like having worked for a number of companies and nonprofits like I just always felt like I was doing great work, but like I wasn't appreciated for it. And so now like that I do consulting and knowing like how impactful my work is, is and how it's being felt and how people are taking it has been a real shift for me of like, not only do I value my work, but other people value my work has been super important and definitely something I was lacking in other roles I've been in. That's amazing. I love that for you. The fact that you've like worked hard and it's definitely paid off. There you Mm -hmm. go. I was going to say, what are maybe three of your most important habits you think as an entrepreneur that you've developed over time? Uh, Three. Um, I'm very organized. As you can see, when I make people sign up to be on the podcast, there's a whole, (laughs) there's a whole like sheet to fill out. There's a scheduler. Um, But I, I tell people like, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. And it's not to be rude. It's just like one of my things I focused on in I think it was last year, 2019, one of the two was like being very intentional with my time. It was 2019 being very intentional with my time. And that meant everything from work to outside of work to being with friends. And so that's when I really started putting everything on my calendar, like everything from 
a work project being due to, you know, hanging out with friends. And I've talked about it before, but I had a friend who was like, I hate that I have to put a time to hang out on your calendar. I was like, but I want you to know that I take your time and my time together so seriously that I don't want anything else coming in the way of that. I don't want to have a meeting instead. I don't want to be on my phone when I'm with other people. So that's the big thing, like just being very organized. Um, what else? The three things I've learned um, that sometimes the first time isn't going to be the best time. And that really comes to my mind, like the project I just worked on, I created a training for a company, um, an anti-racism training. And I started this project probably in February or March, and we just finished it yesterday. I learned so much on this project about myself of like how to really push myself. And it was like just shifting my ideas because the trainings I'm used to doing are virtually, but it's with a live team. So like there's space for conversation, there's space for people to ask questions. And so like, because it was an hour to two hour long training, I had to just beef it up and put a lot of stuff in there. And that was really hard. Cause I like, I got so used to having people fill that time of conversation that I like had to go a little bit above and beyond with this. And then I also like had to learn how to use Adobe Premiere Rush, how to edit my own videos which I'm good at now. But that first round through, I was like, I'm going to throw my laptop out of the window if I do not figure this out. So luckily I had a friend, Aiden, who was like, I will talk you through it. There's a YouTube video you can watch, but that's another one. And then it also kind of feeds into it. Um, another point is like leaning on my friends and knowing that like all my friends want me to succeed, but also knowing they all have their own things going on. But you know, as I've grown my business, a lot of my friends have really been the reason I've been able to continue it, like from people like word of mouth telling their companies about me to get me contracts to, you know, like Aiden jumped in to help me with this or my friend Kelsey, when I first started out, she was like, well, let's talk about what you think you should be charging to, you know, one of my mentors now, <clears throat> I'm working on a couple of projects with her. She's like, hey, I need a subcontractor. Can I bring you on? So definitely like that sort of, again, like that takes a village mentality of like so many people believing in my work when I didn't believe in it. Like one of my best friends, Shelby, she's been an entrepreneur for five years and ever so often like, I'm going back to full-time. She goes, it ebbs and flows. She goes, there are going to be really good months. There's going to be really crappy months. She's like, but just remember like how it feels when they're really good months. And she doesn't let the really bad months like drive you to not have any more bad months. And like just having those conversations of like, this is not forever. This is just like a temporary feeling. <clears throat> and lastly, I think, I know you said three, but I have four. Um, lastly, I think just learning how to trust myself. And this was a big one in 2021 when I first went full time. Um, another company reached out to me to come on to their team and I agreed. And then uh, it really wasn't the best fit for me. And I had to really sit with, why did I trust complete strangers more than I trusted myself? And that really changed my way of thinking. Like, if I can trust people who are like, we're going to do all these things and they did all these promises and, you know, no shade against them. It just wasn't a good fit. And I'm like, learning how to, learning how to trust myself has been a really important thing of like, you know what you're doing. And if you don't know what you're doing, you can figure it out. Um, and like you said before, of like, there are people who are, I don't want to say more mediocre, but that's like the way I'm going to think about it right now. Like there are people who aren't as qualified as you who are doing the things you want to do and just taking a chance on yourself is like the best thing you can do. I definitely agree, agree with that. Um, I really like the point you made about like just having like 
the freedom and the control of your own time. I feel like that's something I can agree with is like also one of the best um, benefits to being an entrepreneur is that I'm in control. Mm -hmm. Um, My outcome is a direct result of what I put in. And so I'm not playing by someone else's rules. I'm actually making up my own and going with those. And so I really like that um, mindset and mentality. I also like the fact that as an entrepreneur, you have the ability to utilize like all of your skills and your talents and like be able to leverage those. Sometimes when you're just like putting a job or like doing something um, only within like the scope of your job description, it's like you don't get to create like your own problems and solutions pretty much. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's what I really like is that like as someone who's like dynamic and has all these aspects to their personality I get to utilize those as much as I want to or like as little as I want to depending on if it's like a pro or a con Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's been one of my best things is like being able to bring so many different aspects of me to this to my roles now of like whenever I do a training I get to center the fact that I am a black queer woman who has anxiety and depression and is recovering from an eating disorder like who has all this experience working with you know, different marginalized groups. Like I've worked with people experiencing homelessness, people with developmental disabilities, queer youth, um, activism work, like to be able to bring all of me to every single role I do has been really impactful. Because I feel like when I worked at other other places, it was definitely like two or three were able to be centered. Like the other one was kind of put on the back burner. Um, So definitely now, like being able to bring my whole self to everything I do has been great and and for people to be so receptive of it and and then wanting that perspective for sure has been everything I could imagine and more honestly I agree with that too um it's just that like when you pour all that like all of yourself into something and you're very passionate about it you feel engaged the entire time kind of goes and that's the part that's really important is having that passion to push you through those long days you're talking about like oh um, working those like nine to nine days or, like working like the full days right and constantly having um stuff that you're trying to do and like it takes being fully engaged for you to like push past that otherwise you're still going to feel like you're working um one thing is like when you're doing those long days and you're really chasing your dream you don't feel like that same like oh man like looking at the clock like when am I going to be done mm-hmm. like day goes by and then it's done and you're like oh where did the day go right because you're engaged and you're fulfilled for sure like my <laughs> my days fly now I'm like like yesterday, I was like, how was it five o'clock? Like I hadn't expected to like do big work yesterday, but I actually did. I was like, how the hell is it five o'clock? <laughs> like, so like, I, actually, yeah, like yesterday's a perfect example. Like I was supposed to go to a happy hour um, event that my friend was throwing and I looked up and it was 530 and I go, I'm not going to make it today. Like I did not really like the like that saying of like the day got away from me. I never understood that until like now. I think I've experienced that since like college when I was just like, I don't know how I've been up for four days, but I have, um, but it definitely oh happened goodness. yesterday. I was like, oh, I used to pull a lot of all-nighters. <laughs> just product hardcore product. lady. Listen, Ooh. I listen, college was a time. Um, but yeah, thinking about that now, like yesterday, I think being like, oh my gosh, the day got away from me. And I was like, I don't know how this happened, but I appreciate your time. And I'm sorry, I couldn't make it. And they're like, no, we have like, they're also entrepreneurs. Like, oh, I get it. Totally happens. And I was like, great. Um, but I think that's been helpful too, like just people who get it and not having to explain it to you in entrepreneur life, like especially living here in Austin, like when I went, <clears throat> when I was thinking about going into consulting full time, my friends were like, makes sense. Whereas my family back in Connecticut, I was like, are you sure? Like, cause it's like, <laughs> they're not, a, I, I don't think <clears throat> in my experience, like all my family has only ever worked for other people. Like, I don't think I know anyone in my family who's like an entrepreneur. 
And so for me to like be like, I'm quitting a really good paying job that is steady with good benefits to like go out on a leap of faith and be like, this is what I'm going to do. And my family was like, we support you, but also, are you sure? I was like, listen, if I never have to ask you for a place to live, I feel like I'm doing fine. <laughs> so it's been really funny, like how, knock on wood, on how well I've I've done. Because um, I just, I never would have expected this. Like I started my company in 2020 during the pandemic, kind of on an accident. And then for me to be able to go full time with it a year later was like a thing I never expected but I think that's a lot a lot of people experience of like hey I was home I had the time um we were everything was virtual so I figured like why not now and I'm I know that 2020 was hard but it was also like one of my biggest years and so it's like a yes and for me um and you know I'm grateful for that time to have been able to really create this business that I'm really proud of that's amazing no I love that for you I think 2020 definitely was a time of growth and like looking inward. I feel like once you do a lot of self-reflection and go inward, that's where all of the change happens because mm-hmm. you change on the inside, everything around you begins to change. And so that's where perspective is everything. And that mentality, being able to control your mind and not have your mind control you. Same thing for your body is when I talk about fitness and being able to like endure and like discipline, discipline like both your mind and your body is like you're being able to not allow like the physical to like kind of establish your reality. Yeah. And that's one of the things too, like when the pandemic first came about in March of 2020, I was living alone. And so just spending a lot of time alone, like really focusing on like what's important, what's not important. Um, I got let go from the company I was at in May. And so I was like, listen, I'm already home anyway. Might as well like start building this thing. I was collecting unemployment. And so like while I was getting my business off the ground, like to have that sort of like steadiness coming in was so helpful um and now looking back like I I think for a lot of people like obviously the pandemic was is and has been very detrimental but for other people who like started their own businesses like that I would have not had the time any other way um so I, yeah, I definitely feel all of that too of like just spending time alone and really getting to realize what was important and what wasn't feeding me and like I said, when I left the job I was at, like, I loved the job I was at. It was a dream job. I had wanted forever. But then I got it. I was like, I'm 30 years old and I'm just like content. <laughs> like, I feel like I shouldn't be content at 31. Like, and, and I think about like people who worked at the same company for 20, 30, 40 plus years. And I'm just like, I can't imagine that. Um, and I think that's like our generation and the generations after us. So like, we don't, that we don't feel like our jobs owe us anything. And that's been a really interesting conversation to have too, of like, you know, people like you stay for retirement. And it's like, I think for me being born in the 90, it's like that weird sort of gap of like not having instant gratification and knowing like you have to work hard for things, but then also knowing that like your life can change overnight. And so like that sort of duality of like, I'm right in that middle space of like, remember what it was like when the internet first started and then social media first started. And when I got my first cell phone to like also being like, I don't have to stay in this old sort of contrite way of thinking of like my comp, like my company, I owe my life to my company. And now like I get to make my company runs parallel to my life and how that's really like changed the way I've been thinking about work for sure. I agree with that. I think when I also stepped into that realm of like changing my mentality that 
things are different now. Like the internet definitely created a lot more opportunities in terms of like how we make money or like just how we invest and how we do things in general. And so having the chance to kind of like step out of that realm of like, oh, I need this job or like I owe my company. That was one thing for me is like when I left my um, full-time job to kind of like pursue um, my business, I felt like, I don't know, like I owed them like, oh, they gave me these opportunities thus far. And like, I don't know, like they kind of like instill this idea that this is what you have to do, right? Like how you say, like you go to school, you like um, get a degree, you like go start a job and like that's the progression that you're supposed to make. But like mm-hmm. once you kind of like leave that and kind of realize like there's so many ways, like literally like this is not the only path, like you create your own path and like from there you can do whatever. And so having that shift in perspective changed everything in terms of my momentum and like my trajectory. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, now that I have a friend who I adore, but she was like, hi, I'm a white woman who still doesn't understand like DEI work. She's like, and I trust you to like have this conversation with me in a way like I don't wish you like where I can feel safe enough to ask questions. She's like, I also pay you for your time. I was like, great. Like, so we're going to have a conversation about it. She's like, I want to be a better person. She goes, but I don't think I would like have known how to find a DEI person that I could talk to one-on-one and, and just things like that, like being able to be not only more approachable, but more accessible to people. And, you know, because of social media, like people feel comfortable asking questions. Like I did a lot of work and commentary around the events happening throughout 2020 to now. And even still now, like I grew up doing a lot of activism work. Like I started doing like protests and marches when I was five. (laughs) And so being able to like be that sort of connection for people like hi Brie is my friend and I know she had this conversation with me and I can also pay her for her time and expertise and you know I I think that's a really great thing because because my business is so tied to my identity right like it's a lot of work I've already been doing and being able to like like again center that and bring it to people in a way that like doesn't feel like hand-holding like I feel like a lot of activism work for the last year has been like for lack of a better term like hand holding white people and I was like I'm gonna make it approachable and accessible for you but I'm also like not gonna pacify you and that's been a really big thing in my work of like having conversation with people like it's you're gonna get uncomfortable I'm probably gonna make you mad and that's okay you don't have to like me at the end of the day I just want you to have gotten something out of this like I, I always say like one of my taglines is it's my job to give you perspective, not my job to persuade you. And so if I make this accessible for you, you feel like you've learned something from it and it just makes you challenge your thinking a little bit more. That's all I need. That and a paycheck. Like, I don't I don't need you to like me. I just need you to come in and do good work and you have felt like it was beneficial to you at the end of the day. Um, so that's, that's also been a really big thing for me too, of like just being able to show up, authentic, like I said, show up authentically constantly in a way that doesn't make me feel gross or like tokenized for, for sure. That's amazing. That's definitely really like powerful and I can imagine impactful. Yeah. And I mean, we'll see how I feel. I'm stressed every other day, but it's been great. (laughs) 
I think it's, that's definitely the entrepreneur life is just being stressed. Like you have those highs and your lows, right? Like you might wake up and you're like, okay, I got this. And you have like that full day ahead. And then like you're going through working for a little bit. And you're like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? Uh, and you kind of like keep going and it's just like, okay, you know what? Like things will be fine. And then you have another like, what? Like, I can't believe <laughs> I made this decision. Like, was it the wrong decision? And then mm-hmm. you like kind of turn back and like, you know what? I love all of this. This is the life. <laughs> it's definitely a lot of yes and or yes, but or like what the heck is happening? Like, exactly. I, I was telling, I, I've mentioned it here before. Like I got one of my, one of the products I'm working on, like they paid us a portion in advance. And I was like, okay, we love to see this check, but also like, I know how much work this is going to be. <laughs> so it's like, yes. And of like, it is luckily a project I get to work on with other people, but just knowing like some days it's like really good days like that, like a really good paycheck is going to come in. But then there's other things of like, I hate grants and everyone's like, we want you to do grants. So I'm like, no, like I just don't have the energy for grant writing. Um, whereas like if someone asked me like create a strategic plan around fundraising, like end of year giving, which I just did back in November for another company and we raised like $40,000 in two months and like that crap I can do. Like, let me have fun with it. Like, let me be challenged when we have fun. Like grants for me aren't fun. And so like being able to be like, <clears throat> take things I do want to do and not do things I don't want to do, which I never had that freedom in my other roles and although like I was really lucky like a lot of nonprofit roles I did I never had to do grant writing because I hate it but just to be able to like set that boundary like I will help y'all in x y and z way but don't ask me in like a one way like that's not (laughs) that's not happening so again like like you had asked like what boundaries and stuff I've been setting like that's definitely being able to like decide who I want to work with what I want to do when I work if if and when I want to work um, has been like the ups of it of working for myself but then also like the the other side has been like the ebbing of flowing contracts aren't really coming in and it's like okay like I have to like <laughs> hustle this month to find different things to do so yeah and I feel like how you said there's definitely a lot to it another thing is um, you mentioned about being like organized and definitely on top of things and then mm-hmm. like how once you um, started your own business and did your own thing it kind of exempt or it magnified that right like you kind of have to be even more organized and more on top of it and so I feel like that's another thing as an entrepreneur like whoever you are like just as you are um your habits your boundaries whatever like types of um things that you implement is kind of like amplified by being an entrepreneur so if you're organized and structured your life is like more focused and you're mm-hmm. more in control but if you're like unmotivated and unpassionate then you'll like have those very boring simple days and not really like have that um energy to carry you through so creating those good system those consistent and um I guess effective systems are the biggest thing yeah yeah like that that, like I'm really lucky in the fact that I was always super organized like now like I just got a new contract yesterday of a nonprofit here in town that I really love and the call I had I was like okay well you know by Monday afternoon I'll send you a folder the proposal the invoice like and the guy was like okay and I was like oh like I am (laughs) the queen of organization over here he's like no like I can't I caught that he's like but the fact that you're like giving me a whole structure of like like this is the folder where all of the stuff will live I'll give you access to it we'll go from there this is how you can pay me my w9 all the things and he was like oh like you are organized like if I if I don't have organization I can't get anything done so I feel like I just need to have like a whole episode about organizing your life that's a whole <laughs> no I think I need that oh my goodness I'm the opposite I'm still trying to get my life together oh uh, we here, we like... will connect offline and I will <laughs> we'll get it together yeah no I'm always like I'm trying to get my life together and I had a friend one time tell me you're really good at getting your life together how about we keep it together 
and instantly mind blown I was like oh man okay tell me about myself so but wow. working on that ever they, since. They, didn't, they didn't come for you like that I'm gonna <laughs> they're like wow well listen oh. if you listen we'll, we'll we'll get it we'll get it there I this yeah. year is the year <laughs> we're gonna exactly. do it it's like how you do anything is how you do everything realistically it's, really? it's true it really is I know I always laugh because like my house is super organized like I've definitely like the home edit is like my favorite show on tv which is like people who come in and organize your whole house and so it's always funny like I did like the new season came out and I reorganized my house because I was like I'm up um and all my like I did an Instagram story about it everyone's like why are you so organized I go this is literally just me as a person like I need everything in a place to be able to find things really quickly and the same goes with like my business like that's why I create folders and like my invoices are here and this is what they look like. And like, I follow up with things in X amount of days. And so, yeah, we're good. This is the year, Mickey. I'm setting it. This is, this is our intention for 2022. No, we're going to circle back, <laughs> circle back and get you organizing this year. I feel it for us. Yes. No, definitely need that help. <laughs> Perfect. Well, is there anything you want to plug before we wrap up? Let's see. Um, okay. So, People can follow me on my personal IG at uh, Mickey J underscore 13. That's M-I-C-K-Y-J underscore 13. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn at Mickey James. Um, it'd be great also for everyone to go ahead and go follow the Black Fitness Instagram and TikTok. And that's BLQ Fitness. We also have a Facebook and you can visit us at www.blackfitness.com. Um, one thing that we did talk about was supporting Black doctors, dentists, and therapists. So I just want to take a second to shout out my dentist's office in Flukerville, the Grand Family Dental. They're an all-Black dental team. And when I say that energy in that office is beyond a vibe, yes. like, definitely go check them out. Also, on a different note, y'all, if you guys are dating, married, I cannot emphasize this enough. It is so important for your well-being and development as a person for you to have a healthy relationship with a partner that truly values you and respects your boundaries. If you're with the wrong person or in an unhealthy relationship, you will never, never, never reach your capacity and fulfill your potential. And so with that being said, I just want to take this time to shout out and appreciate my absolutely incredible wife, Layla. She's truly my best friend and is constantly encouraging me to follow my dreams and just be my best self. So Layla, thank you for seeing me clearly and loving me deeply. Um, we're gonna have to have you back for another episode to talk about dating, I feel like, because I you just put me in my feelings and I I can't. I got we gotta move on. I can't deal. It's like <laughs> look at this one. love. <clears throat> anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, anything else? I think. I cut you off, but I just, I just had to say that. Okay. Like, oh, no, okay. <laughs> um, oh, at Black Fitness, we'll have um, several fitness camps and giveaways starting this June. So make sure you're following our social media to stay up to date with all the latest news. Also, if you have any questions about health, wellness, anything else that we discussed in today's episode, feel free to reach out and connect with us at Black Fitness or me directly. Um, also, my wife and I will be publishing a cookbook at the end of the summer. So keep an eye out for some of our favorite meal preps that will slap, but they're still healthy and nutritious. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, okay. I can't wait to buy it because a girl loves a cookbook. So put me on that list. I want, I want a copy. 
Um, oh, this is so great. I can't wait to hang out in person. Um, I can't wait to meet, to meet your wife. So y'all can make me believe in love again. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on today. Um, as you know, at the end of every episode, I like to ask my guest a final question. And that question is, what is the best advice you were ever given? Or what is a piece of advice you would give to your younger self? I would tell younger me that your habits define who you are and your boundaries define the space that you require in order to be who you are. And so until you develop really healthy and beneficial habits and actually start enforcing your boundaries, you will never be in control of your life. It took me a while to get to the point where I developed habits that reflect the woman that I'm becoming and the woman that I'm trying to be, not the woman that I used to be. And so it took a lot of dedication to myself um, to always hold space for the woman that I am. It's too easy for family, friends, and other outsiders to want to keep you small and keep you the version in their minds that they prefer for you to be. But you really have to be willing to hold your ground in order to keep growing. We, we have to have you back for a second episode because how dare you drop that knowledge and, at the end. <laughs> <laughs> the nerve. That's it. This week's episode of The Tea with Brie. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Tea with Brie. Send me an email at thetea3 at gmail.com and visit the website, thetea3podcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or we get your podcast. A special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music and I'll talk to y'all next week. Bye.